Hello, and welcome to the second season of Cafe with Strangers. I am your host, Monica, and my pronouns are they, them. I am super excited to finally be doing this and putting it out there. If you are just tuning in for the first time, hello. Hi, welcome. I'm very happy to have you here. If you are, you know, returning listener, um, thank you so much for your patience. Holy shiza. Uh, I am so sorry that it took me this long to get back into this. Um, I had a lot more time last year to really dedicate a lot of my free time to this. Um, this year has been, I had to be an adult. I had to put on my, my big adult pants and and do adulting stuff. But I am back and wanted to make this a little bit more of a priority in my life because I genuinely love being able to meet all sorts of different people and getting to talk with them and hearing their stories, how we relate, how we don't relate, and learning and growing from those and sharing some tears, some coffee for sure. Gotta have that caffeine in there. And just getting to talk with each other and, you know, sharing things that we have to say, elevating our voices, elevating the Latino voice. And I also want to be changing things up just a little bit, just a teeny tiny little bit. Um, it's definitely still going to be talking to other people and they're going to be telling their stories. But also I want to be able to integrate more information in here um, in terms of resources um, I'm not going to say any of those yet because I still have to figure out a couple of those things, but I definitely want to bring up some resources in and just be able to kind of share them with you guys just in case you didn't know. Um, and then the other thing is I also want to be able to do a couple of episodes about people, things, history, events. I want to be able to talk about subjects that were it really covered in school or we barely glossed over it or people from Latin America that we didn't really know existed, events that happened in Latin America, things that happened in the U.S. You know what I'm getting at. Just things about history somehow related to Latinos one way or another. Having said that, I am always on the search for people that are, would be interested to be a part of this. Um, If you or you Either you or someone you know, you think they might be interested in being part of this, go ahead and send them my way. You guys can contact me in various different ways. Um, you can do email at gafewithpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on Instagram at cafewithstrangers. Um, yeah, just, or you guys have any questions, concerns, let me know. You guys can definitely also be anonymous. That is for sure a thing. And also... Instagram is going to be the best way to kind of keep up with when new episodes are coming out and any updates that are coming in, if I'm, you know, if things are going to be delayed or anything like that. But yeah, Instagram is going to be currently right now the best way to get in contact with me. I am trying to do a TikTok for this. I've been meaning to, uh, yeah, to be determined, but that's something that I want to eventually do. Anyway. Um, so in the first season, I did share quite a, li a lot about myself more than normal. <laughs> I shared a lot about myself throughout a lot of the episodes, but I never really sat down to tell my story. 
And you know, one of the previous in the previous season, Gabby asked, like, why don't I just do an episode about me or or something like that? And I wasn't going to. I didn't think about it. I didn't thought about it. Decided against it. Um, but I figured that this would be kind of like a good way for you guys to get to know me a little bit more too. Um, like I said, my name is Monica. My family calls me Moni. People who don't speak Spanish say call me Mon, or just if they do speak Spanish, they call me Mon. So I just do you ever get that thing where you just don't like your name in English? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So just don't call me Monica. We're good. <laughs> Uh, a little bit about myself. I'm currently 28 years old. I have a 13-year-old dog. I love her. She is my baby, my child, my fur baby. Yes, I, I do say that. She is my fur baby. <laughs> I'm currently a licensed veterinary technician. I currently work in the ER. I'm based in Seattle, Washington. Um, I've been in Washington for almost three years. And it was, yeah, during the pandemic that I was like all right time to go dip out um so actually the way that i ended up in seattle or in washington kind of has to do with my coming out story my sexuality <laughs> um i was living with a partner at the time and i for there was a couple months that before that before i ended up leaving that i finally admitted to myself I'm like, wow, uh, yeah, you're not straight. It was kind of funny. I was at a show. The guitarist was playing. It was an all-woman band. And I just remember looking at this person being like, damn, you're hella attractive. You know, just, I don't know what happened. Just something just snapped. I'm like, yep, you've been suppressing this for far too long. Surprise. You're not straight. And... That's kind of where my journey began. And over the course of time, um, I started to really think about it. I I only really knew about being either straight or gay. And then eventually, like, okay, you're either straight, gay, or bi. And I eventually kind of was at a point where it was really, I felt like I hit a, a like a midlife crisis with that. Not a midlife crisis, but, you know. And. I thought that I was was gay and I was like well uh, if I'm gay then I can't be in a relationship with sister German and and it kind of pretty much led me to moving out um, and I had always wanted to live in the Pacific Northwest for for years for so many years because holy shit it is beautiful up here and you know I decided to to make that journey and boom Almost three years later, here I am. Moving up here was definitely a wonderful experience because I was able to really discover who I am, who I who I've always been, and who I want to become without the pressures of the people around me. Because I did have a lot of family around me, and I did have a lot of family that had a lot of traditional views, and so that was it was hard to not. It was hard to try to be myself because of all that fear of of having them around me. And so moving definitely gave me the opportunity to discover myself. And it's been a it's been a beautiful journey. Um 
definitely has been a beautiful journey. I wanted to start this podcast, a podcast, for several years. I just didn't know what about. And I genuinely do not remember how this came about, this idea, but it just it just happened. And I just thought it was like, why don't I just talk to other Latinos and be like, hey, how was it for you growing up in the States? Like, or living here, growing up in the States, like, how was it for you? Because goddamn, I definitely had an experience with it. And maybe you're like me too, or like how you grew up, where there was a lot of things in the family that we knew things were happening, we were aware of things, but we didn't talk about it. And it's not that we, well, I don't know why we didn't talk about it, but we just didn't. Well, that kind of goes, ties into mental illness. Yeah. My, I feel very fortunate that my family was very understanding when it came to it, but at the same time, we didn't really talk about it that much. They were just supportive in the sense of, oh, uh, yeah, do you want to take medications? Do you, you know, um, do you want to go to the therapist? You know, they were supportive in that sense. And so that was nice because it did help make me feel less afraid in a sense to go and do that. But I do remember when I was first struggling with depression, I remember thinking, that I was afraid to bring it up to my my dad. I was afraid to bring it up to, to my parents because I was afraid that they were going to be disappointed in me or having depression. And <laughs> it feels weird sometimes to think about that because, like, hello, it's canalless. Why would, you know, why would someone be disappointed? You know, like, why would someone be disappointed in someone for having an illness? But that was how my teenage mind worked and the other thing too is like religious trauma for the longest time i grew up catholic you know and i grew up with that around me and yeah my parents were strict on it not as strict as others but you know we went to church every single sunday i did my first communion that got baptized my first communion confirmation all that jazz it got done and I thought that's where some of my religious trauma came from. But honestly, it came from living in Idaho. Yeah, Idaho. Lived in California my whole life. Um, I was born in Mexico. And as a little baby, somehow they brought me over. Story is, is that they gave me to a coyote. Um, if you don't know what a coyote is, it is someone who pretty much gets paid to cross someone across the border illegally, you know. Technically, according to the law, it's illegal, you know, whatever. And so that's how I came to the States as a, as a baby. And I lived here pretty much my whole life. Um, you know, we would travel to Mexico all the time. Eventually, I got citizenship status through my dad. But it was always that thing where it was... I didn't realize the privilege of that until I got older. And... I guess because in my head, it kind of got ingrained that it was, if, if someone was undocumented, you don't talk about it. You don't bring it up. You got to be careful this and that until like half my family being undocumented. It was just an interesting environment to be around. But we didn't talk about this. So it was just me and my thoughts and my feelings on this. Yeah. So um, for those that are not familiar, Idaho has a very large population of 
of white conservative Mormons. And not to say that any of those things are bad, you know, do you boo? It just, as a perspective, as a young teenager, being in that environment, it was, it was tough. It was uh, definitely culture shock for fucking sure, you know, coming from a melting pot. Uh, yeah, a lot of Latinos, but there was a whole bunch of Asians in, in, in the community as well. And so, like, there was just a lot of variety in terms of the people there. And then, boom. Idaho. It was... It was hard to be there during my formative years. It's you're, you're, you're starting to become who you are. You're starting to discover a whole bunch of things. And so, I found myself being surrounded by a whole bunch of people that were raised way differently than I was. Um, the, they were a lot stricter in in how they did things. Like, I get it. You don't want to curse, whatever. But it just made me feel like such an outcast. The way that I ended up feeling was that, okay, doesn't matter what I do. I could be like the star student. I could be the best of whatever I can just be a really good person but the fact that I was not Mormon I was never going to be good enough and again that was just the way that I felt growing up there as a kid because I never really hung out with my friends who were Mormon we we and I don't know exactly why you know this is just me assuming based off of my experiences like we just never really hung out the friends that I did have that we were able to hang out outside of school it was friends that weren't warm and the whole when you're in Mexico at least you know whenever you're back in your in your country and like whenever I go back to Mexico I was never Mexican enough and whenever I was in the states I was never American enough and so it really was a struggle for me I remember trying to figure out that balance trying to figure out where I fit in you know I was struggling I with the fact that I wasn't straight and I always knew I always had signs that I knew that I was not binary. So that was hard as well. And then it was an emo little kid. So we were shit on for being an alternative kid. And it was just a lot of things that you're going through. I mean, being a teenager is already so damn hard. And on top of all these things, it wasn't helping my situation. And, um, you know, I was dealing with mental illness. And it it was weird to be one of the few people that talked about being on medication talked about going to see a therapist it was it felt weird that no one was talking about it and I hated that we were made to feel ashamed of it like I really hated it like it did not make sense to me it never never did it never has but there were a whole bunch of other struggles too there was a whole bunch of other things you know that I remember experiencing especially being first gen like my parents never really learned English enough to be fluent with it and I always had to translate for my parents I remember going to doctor's appointments as like a nine ten year old kid translating these medical appointments for my dad and that's fucking wild to have a little kid doing that that's wild you guys trusted the little kids to do that I mean at the same time there was no other choice we were in Idaho well not 10 years old but you know a little bit elderly not really a lot of people out there who were in the medical field who were able to translate. So I was really the only choice. And 
I never realized the pressure that that was that I had. And speaking of pressure, I always felt like I had to go to school. I had to do. I had to go and choose a career that was going to be financially stable and that was going to, you know, that I was going to like, enjoy, but also be financially stable. And there's really a lot that I could say about my time in Idaho. It's almost like where, like, where do I start? Where do I not start? I don't even know. All I knew is that I felt like I didn't belong. I never felt like I belonged there. I never felt comfortable in my own. I was struggling to feel comfortable in my own skin. And that was already, and that was hard with the fact that I just didn't feel, physically feel comfortable living in a state that I felt didn't want me. And like I tell people, if you want an opinion, Idaho, you can't ask me. Again, I was just a little, I was a kid and I was looking for something to blame. And Idaho was just the, just the state, just being there. It was the easiest thing for me to be able to hate something. Um, another thing that happened to me while living there is I started to struggle with maladaptive coping mechanisms um, and self-harm. And for a really long time, that was really, really hard for me to talk about. Because it is really, it is, it is, it is a very strange thing to feel better by literally making an incision into my skin, literally cutting myself. You know, it, it, it is weird. And it took me until I read this book by, um, called Cutting by Stephen... Gosh, I should know this. I should have come prepared. Stephen, I will put that information down in the info thing. But once I read that book, it really put in perspective to me what it was like for other people who never self-harmed. And the way that I would describe it to people, it's like you have a glass of water and you just flipped it upside down. Why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. And that kind of helped me realize, like, I'm doing something that just literally doesn't make sense to someone. And that's the best way that I could kind of see why it was so hard and difficult for me to talk about it, for other people to talk about it and bring it up. Because, you know, my scars eventually were invisible spots. That's something that I don't like, that I felt ashamed about. Because I was just trying to survive. I was trying to live and get through the day and that was why yes it wasn't a good way to go about it it was not a healthy coping mechanism but it was something that I did to cope because I didn't know what else to do and you know shit happens this is why we go to therapy and work on ourselves to make sure that you know we can we can deal with the shittiness of life in ways that aren't going to hurt us I never really talked. I never really spoke. Yes, I was going to therapy, but I never really talked. I felt like I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to express my feelings because I didn't know anyone around me that was going through the things that I was going through. God, I felt so fucking alone. And I knew that I wasn't. I knew that I had people near me that cared about me. I knew that my parents and my siblings cared, but I just didn't know how not to feel alone. And then after graduating high school... I didn't go to school right away. And that was annoying to hear people be like, oh, well, 
you're never going to go back to school now. I think I just did it for sure. Went back to school because I was like, screw you. I'm going to prove you wrong. So either way, it doesn't matter. I went. And I ended up using alcohol as another negative coping mechanism. And I will actually be three years sober from alcohol in a couple of months as well. I have worked really hard over the course of so many years to create better coping mechanisms, to be able to talk about my feelings, able to maybe not talk, but maybe just write them down, do something so that I can live and survive in a healthy matter the best that I can. And it, But it was a struggle, though, because, again, didn't really talk to people, didn't really know how to. It, it, it wasn't easy for me, even for people that I was close to. Like, I just didn't know how to open up. Early 20s, spent in California, we moved back, and I felt like I was giving myself the opportunity to really start to be okay with with me and I I definitely am thankful for the friends that I made during that time because they made me feel so welcomed I they were my second they are like my second family because the the safe environment that they created for me it was amazing, you know, we were able to be these young adults trying to figure out life in such a welcoming environment. We were all having our issues, we all had our issues, but God damn it, we were good people and here we were hanging out together and, you know, they definitely helped me see and gain this positivity in life. Um, I will forever be thankful for these guys. You know who you are. I feel like this is a lot of information, but at the same time, it's not a lot of information. This is just a general condensed version of my story. Um, I'm a human being that is just trying to make it in this world, trying to deal with the ups and downs of everything. And I just happen to be Latin American. And so being Mexican American has given me this perspective that I really so thankful for. And I, I love, I love being Mexican. And I'm navigating this world and figuring out what it means to be Mexican American and, you know, living here and how I am combining the best of both worlds. I think I'm going to end it right here because I'm just going to start blabbing at this point, I think. Well, thanks again for listening to this little condensed version of some of the things in my life, things that kind of led me to where I am now and what's led me to talking into this microphone. I am just a human being trying to make the best of it in this world. And I look forward to being able to talk to all sorts of people that I'll be able to get to meet and just enjoy that human connection. Hopefully bring some laughter your way, some fun facts your way. 
again, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, go ahead and send me an email or a DM. I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in, for checking checking out this podcast. I hope you are able to listen to someone's story and resonate with them in a way that makes you feel so fucking valid in in your experiences in your feelings and know that no matter what it is that you've gone through in this world there is someone out there who understands or is at least willing to understand what you've gone through and be there for you because this life is too goddamn short and i know it's so cliche it is so cliche but it is really too short I just hope that you're able to make the the best, the most out of this life in whatever way and know that you are loved and you are cared for and you are awesome. Again, my name is Monica. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of season two.